From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Mayan Schechter. What's going oh, on in here? Oh, oh, Gavin. What, what, what is oh, this? You're back? Hello, this is my podcast. Up, oh, please. Okay, okay, let's run this back. Let's start it again. Thank you. Okay, yeah. My father gave me this podcast. Anyway, from South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. And I'm your host, Gavin Jackson. Uh, Does that sound right? It sounds proper. And this episode was recorded on January 29th, 2024 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. This episode is our Dempod. Yes, I'm looking to recap some of the major moments from this past month ahead of the first in the nation Democratic presidential primary here in our state on Saturday, February 3rd. We've seen multiple visits from the biggest names in the Democratic Party, including President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. While Iowa and New Hampshire were big for the Republicans, the Democrats kick off their calendar with South Carolina this Saturday. Wow. Yeah, take that, New Hampshire. Live free or die while I breathe, I hope, bro. Now, the lead loves hearing from you guys. That's why we have a voicemail box set up so you can call, share your feelings, share your thoughts, what's on your mind, any air fryer recipes that I need to do, 803-563-7169. It's very important that you call us to let us know that you're out there. My salary depends on it. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. The livelihood of my my life and this podcast depends on you calling. Or if you don't want to call us at 803-563-7169, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or, and or I should say, and or, fill out our survey at southcarolinapublicradio.org slash lead survey. Okay? Yes. One or all three. We would love to... Love to get that from you. Again, my paycheck. And you can find out more about the South Carolina primary, the latest news from the trail, and more at SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org and SCETV.org slash SC2024, your home for campaign 2024 coverage. Okay, y'all, the first in the nation Democratic presidential primary takes place this Saturday, February 3rd. So we're going to focus this pod on all things presidential Democratic politics. So just trust us. We're going to be on top of everything happening this week going into the... uh, What? Wow. Okay. Well, we have something to announce, folks. Breaking news. President Joe Biden has already been declared the winner of the South Carolina primary. Wow, that was serious. All right. Okay, now that may be the case, but we're still going to do this pod. So just put that out of your mind. No spoilers, but also spoiler, dear leaders. However, since we've been so hard on the Republican presidential primary campaign trail, remember we have a homegrown candidate still in this race, folks. That's been the focus. So let's focus on what the Democrats have been doing here in South Carolina. This has been a busy month as the state Democratic Party, in concert with the Democratic National Committee, ramped up its We Go First, Get Out the Vote efforts in the state to motivate voters. There's only one first-in-the-nation Democratic presidential primary, and it happens this Saturday in South Carolina. Again, take that, New Hampshire, Granite State. And that was the reason for celebration this past Saturday in Columbia, where hundreds of Democrats gathered to hear from the leader of their party and the de facto nominee, President Joe Biden. Unlike the Republican National Committee Chairwoman Ron McDaniel, 
DNC Chairman Jamie Harrison and the rest of the party is allowing the process to play out on the Democratic side with top challenger Congressman Dean Phillips, though he has no chance at winning this primary. But they're still letting it go through the process. And of course, the RNC is also doing that now as well, since Trump came out and said for them to do so. What? Yeah, I know. I know we're not supposed to talk about the Republicans. I know. Hey, but again, going back to Dean Phillips, he lost to Biden in New Hampshire's unsanctioned primary when Biden won by write-in. But Phillips was in Columbia Saturday and gave remarks. Even while people were still shuffling in due to an oddly timed program, it made for some awkward moments, including Phillips asking the crowd to please pay attention. Not a good sign. Tough crowd. But the focus there was on Biden, who was there once again to thank Democrats for the critical win back in the 2020 primary, which rejuvenated his campaign. Biden, along with Congressman Jim Clyburn, also reminded folks of how much has been accomplished in his first term, as he looks to shore up support among the base. And Biden got fired up talking about Trump. So let's first start with party chairwoman Crystal Spain, who was the first to warn Democrats not to vote in the Republican primary. We've got to put our nominee on the best possible footing to defeat whatever MAGA Republican comes out of their primary. We are reminding voters that they should not get involved in a Republican primary where every single Republican wants to ban abortion nationwide, wants to cut Social Security and Medicare, and wants to cut taxes for the ultra-wealthy. We are reminding South Carolina Democrats that Nikki Haley is the mother of MAGA. She was MAGA before MAGA was, had a name. She signed an extreme abortion ban into law. We remember that. We remember that she refused to expand Medicaid, forcing the only hospital in her hometown to close. If she will do that to the people she grew up with, what will she do to you and me? So there's too much to stake, South Carolina voters. A good showing at our ballot box puts our nominee on the best footing possible. So please, please remember, Saturday, February 3rd, it's our time. The nation is looking at South Carolina. The future of this country is in the hands of South Carolinians. First Vice Chair Colleen Condon, who introduced Congressman Phillips, had these choice words for former Governor Nikki Haley as well. Now, first of all, I've got to actually add one thing to what my friend Crystal said. Don't forget, on top of everything else Nikki Haley did, she also defied a federal judge in granting marriage equality for the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. I had to sue her to get married. I mean, there are so many things. We could talk about all the problems with Nikki Haley. Do not let your friends go vote in that primary, please. So yes, while some in the national media have theorized that there may be some crossover of Democratic voters in the Republican primary, its own little project chaos, there is no love lost with Democrats who lived in South Carolina under Haley's tenure from 2010 through 2017. Condon and their partner sued Haley in 2014 over the 2007 constitutional ban on gay marriage in the state, despite the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals ruling in favor of same-sex couples in the Bostick case. It wasn't until the U.S. Supreme Court ruled the following summer in Obergefell that South Carolina allowed same-sex marriage. Meanwhile, here is a clip of Congressman Phillips making his pitch to Democrats. And I'm here to tell you the numbers do not say things are looking good. So my invitation to President Biden, a man I love, a man I respect, a man who saved this country, a man who did a lot of good in the last four years, my invitation to President Biden is to pass the torch, 
to a new generation ready to take the stage, ready to take that man on, and ready to win when the numbers say we can, my friends. That's what we have to do. Many in this country, in this state, in this very room have been told to stand in line, wait your turn. Not in America when we have a man like Donald Trump coming back to the White House. So that is all I'm here to tell you. I love you all, and no matter what, no matter what, whether it's President Biden, whether it's me, or whether it's somebody else this November, we have got to do everything we can to energize, to mobilize, and get people out to vote. I love you, South Carolina. You've been so lovely, amazing, hospita hospitable, and adorable. Love you all. I'm Dean Phillips, and thank you so much for having me tonight. Eternal hype man, assistant Democrat leader, Congressman Jim Clyburn, was introduced by his protege, DNC Chairman Jamie Harrison, who had previously led the state Democratic Party prior to his failed 2020 Senate bid against Lindsey Graham. Clyburn rattled off Biden's accomplishments to the crowd. Joe Biden just stopped there. He saw what was happening with some of his own personal experiences with his own son. He saw what those burned pits were doing in Iraq and Afghanistan. And he decided that we had to do something to make life better for our returning veterans. But he decided that he wouldn't just limit it to Iraq and Afghanistan. He remembered what happened to the Vietnam veterans who came back home unceremoniously. Many of them were getting 10, 15 percent disability. When if we had a compassionate government, we'd have done better by them. We went back with that bill and picked up those Vietnam veterans, brought that forward. And so those who were getting 15 and 20 percent now getting 100 percent disability. Thanks to Joe Biden. I've talked to him all over the state. And they are now getting it because we got the president with compassion. Clyburn also recounted Biden working to get student loan debt forgiven for folks. Though the U.S. Supreme Court stopped a larger effort, to date there has been $137 billion in student loan debt forgiven for 3.7 million Americans under Biden's term due to fixes made under the income-driven payment forgiveness and public service loan forgiveness programs. So it's a lot of money. Biden also got $11.7 billion forgiven for almost 513,000 borrowers with a total and permanent disability, and $22.5 billion for more than 1.3 million borrowers who were cheated by their schools, saw their institutions precipitously close, or are covered by related court settlements. Ever hear of Trump University? This according to the U.S. Department of Education. Biden, in his remarks, also reiterated his accomplishments, as well as the diversity of his administration and appointing the most black women to the Federal Circuit Court of Appeals than all of his predecessors combined. That includes Judge Michelle Childs, and Biden also mentioned that he appointed the first black woman to the U.S. Supreme Court with Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson. But Biden had harsh words for former President Donald Trump. He gets pretty heated here. Take a listen. As Commander-in-Chief, I think we have only one sacred obligation. I've said it many times. Prepare those we send in harm's way and care for them and their families when they come home. Well, as Commander-in-Chief, I look at veterans completely differently than Donald Trump. Think about this, especially here in South Carolina, a proud military state. Donald Trump, when he was Commander-in-Chief, 
refuse to visit a cemetery, U.S. cemetery outside of Paris for fallen American soldiers. And he referred to those heroes, and I quote, as suckers and losers. He actually said that. He said that. How dare he say that? How dare he talk about my son and all of us dressed like that? Look, I call them patriots and heroes. The only loser I see is Donald Trump. It makes me angry. I apologize for losing my temper, but it really, really, really offends me. Biden capped his two-day visit to South Carolina on Sunday when he attended services at St. John Baptist Church in Columbia with Clyburn. At an event later in the day at Brooklyn Baptist Church, Biden asked for a moment of silence for the three American soldiers killed and 34 injured in a drone strike in Jordan. And I want to continue our recap of this big month for Democrats and go back to the start of the month on January 8th when President Biden spoke at Mother Manuel Amy Church. Remember, that was the site of the horrific massacre back in June 2015 where nine black parishioners were killed by white supremacists. On January 8th, SCETV cameras were there as well as South Carolina Public Radio's Victoria Hansen. But I want to play for you some remarks from Biden that day, who used the hallowed space to reiterate the themes of his 2020 campaign of fighting for the soul of America. On June 17, 2015, the beautiful souls, five survivors and five survivors, invited a stranger into this church to pray with them. The word of God was pierced by bullets and hate of rage, propelled by not just gunpowder, but by a poison, poison that has for too long haunted this nation. And what is that poison? White supremacy. Oh, it is. It's a poison throughout our history. It's ripped this nation apart. It says no place in America. Not today, tomorrow, or ever. From that day, this nation saw this congregation, this community, demonstrate one of the greatest acts of strength I have ever seen. I mean it sincerely from the bottom of the act of forgiveness, the act of grace. It was as President Obama sang from here, amazing grace. It changed hearts. You did something. It may not have happened, but for your courage, you brought down the Confederate flag in South Carolina. You brought it down. No. Biden told those gathered that he and his son Hunter and other family members worshipped at the church the weekend after the memorial service, which came 22 days after he had just buried his other son, Beau. The experience gave him strength, he said. And Biden also spoke of his friend, Congressman Clyburn, in the fight for truth, which was then interrupted by protesters. He knows the power of truth and the power of lies. He knows what happens when people are allowed to whitewash history, erase history, bury history. He knows what the Bible teaches. We shall know the truth and the truth shall set us free. But the truth, the truth is under assault in America. As a consequence, so is our freedom, our democracy, our very country, because without the truth, there's no light. Without light, there's no path from this darkness. If you really care about the lives lost here, then you should honor the lives lost and call for a ceasefire in Palestine. Ceasefire! ceasefire. 
The congregation then chanted four more years over the protester who was escorted out, and Biden said he's been working with Israel to reduce casualties and pull out Israeli forces from Gaza. Again, he's not the president of Israel. I'm not here to give protesters a platform, but I just want to give you that little snippet, and it's quite something to have the nerve to protest inside such a sacred space. But Biden also made a casual dig at Nikki Haley's muddled response over the cause of the Civil War. Remember, this was earlier in the month when that was top of the news. After the Civil War, the defeated Confederates couldn't accept the verdict of the war. They had lost. So they say they embraced what's known as the lost cause, a self-serving lie that the Civil War is not about slavery, but about states' rights. They've called that the noble cause. That was a lie, a lie that had not just a lie, but terrible consequences. It brought on Jim Crow. So let me be clear for those who don't seem to know, slavery was the cause of the Civil War. There's no negotiation about that. Vice President Kamala Harris was in Myrtle Beach just days before Biden's visit, and she gave the keynote speech at the Women's Missionary Society retreat of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Then on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, she participated in the King Day at the Dome event here in Columbia and spoke before hundreds gathered. Freedom is fundamental to the promise of America. Freedom is not to be given It is not to be bestowed. It is ours by right. And in many ways, the story of America has been a story of our fight to realize that promise. As Dr. King wrote in the letter from Birmingham jail, the goal of America is freedom. And so we gather this afternoon to honor his legacy. Harris also brought up restrictive laws passed dealing with voting rights and abortion access. You'll also hear someone shouting in the background here. It's in the distance, but it was another protester. Couldn't tell you what it was about. Well, as vice president of the United States, I'd say at this moment in America, freedom is under profound threat. Today, in fact, we are witnessing a full-on attack on hard-fought, hard-won freedoms. Consider, in states across our nation, extremists attack the sacred freedom to vote. They pass laws to ban drop boxes, limit early voting, and restrict absentee ballots. In Georgia, extremists have the gall to pass a law to even make it illegal to simply offer food and water to people standing in line for hours to exercise their basic civic duty. I ask the friends, whatever happened to love thy neighbor? The hypocrisy abounds. And please note, the governor in Georgia signed that law on the 56th anniversary of the march from Selma to Montgomery. Harris also made digs at book bans and moves to clamp down on how history is taught in states like Florida, 
while echoing Biden's sentiments that the Civil War was in fact fought over slavery. This argument made outside of the statehouse, where bronze markers denote where Sherman's troops hit the building with cannon fire back in January 1865. All the while, they tell our children that enslaved people benefited from slavery. They insult us in an attempt to gaslight us, in an attempt to divide and distract our nation with unnecessary debates. Fundamental freedoms under assault, freedom from fear, violence and harm, freedom to vote, to live, to learn, to control one's own body, and the freedom to simply be. So yes, we've seen these two visits from Harris. Another one is expected sometime later this week, ahead of the primary. And we also saw two big visits from Biden this month as well. So can't say that they're not paying attention to South Carolina. They're basically part-time residents. Okay. There have also been other big Democrats floating around the state, including DNC Chairman Jimmy Harrison, California Governor Gavin Newsom, great name, great hair, California Congressman Ro Khanna, California. Biden-Harris 2024 National Co-Chair Mitch Landrieu, and others as the state continues its We Go First statewide get-out-the-vote tour ahead of the first-in-the-nation primary this Saturday. That I can again safely report that Joe Biden has won. That tour, along with the events and visits by the leaders of the party, is meant to pump up voters, get them motivated, and ready to vote for Biden again this fall. Of course, as you all know, South Carolina will go solidly Republican this fall, but the road to the White House in 2024, for the Democrats, starts right here, right now in South Carolina. And they're looking to invigorate folks and offset stories of a lack of enthusiasm among the core members of the party. South Carolina Public Radio's Mayon Schechter recently looked at the topic. In 2020, Biden faced a long list of Democratic contenders. He scooped up 49 percent of the vote in the South Carolina primary. This time, he's the incumbent, so Congressman Jim Clyburn thinks Biden will get a very strong showing in next month's Democratic primary here. He has a record, and it's a great record, and it's particularly a great record for South Carolina. Uh, So I do expect him to do much, much better. A strong showing in South Carolina would validate Democrats' decision to make the state the first official nominating contest. And they're also hoping that if they can increase their support among Black voters here, it could provide some momentum for November. But some Democrats aren't convinced that Biden deserves their support. Well, if the turnout is low, Black voters are saying we're not energized. That's 31-year-old Chris Sally, a former upstate county party chair. He didn't vote for Biden four years ago, and he says he's not planning to again. Instead, next month, he plans to write in progressive activist Cornell West. Sally says he just doesn't see the economy working for everyone, since he knows people working multiple jobs. The Black community, the young communities are still saying, you're not listening to us. We're not saying it's not possible to get our vote. But you need to listen to us. It's not guaranteed just by being a little bit better. On the other hand, 66-year-old Susan Lewis says this election is too critical to sit home. Lewis said she's doing what she can to motivate others to show up on Election Day. I just cannot sit at home and not do my part that I can do. 
and NPR PBS NewsHour Marist poll from last month found Black voters like Lewis overwhelmingly approve of Biden. Most of those voters are over the age of 45. Antoine Seawright is a 38-year-old South Carolina-based Democratic strategist. He has a message for Democrats whose concerns with Biden may lead them to stay home. I would much rather have Joe Biden in this position to deal with your concerns and their issues than the other side. C. Wright does think the party and Biden surrogates need to sharpen their message and meet the voters where they are. Clyburn does agree and says some of the things the administration should highlight are lowering prices on insulin and forgiving some student loan debt. These are big mammoth things, the biggest stuff since Lyndon Johnson's Great Society program. And nobody is giving them credit for it because we were going out there telling them. We got to tell them. And that's what the Biden-Harris campaign says they're trying to do. It's why the president spoke earlier this month at Mother Emanuel Amy Church in Charleston, the site of the 2015 racist mass shooting. It's why Vice President Kamala Harris was here on King Day. And of course, that's the reason why Joe Biden and others have been around the state trying to reinvigorate folks. Thanks, Mayan. You can find that report and more at SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're glad you're here, especially our listeners in Italy and others around the world. We know you're listening. I see that we're on the, uh, the, the chartable charts over there in Italy when it comes to political news podcasts. So thanks for listening. Bienvenue? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What's I, the... Hello? You haven't introduced me either. Who am you I? You can't talk. Nobody you can't knows. talk until I say your name. Who knows who AT I am? Sharp. Oh, thank you so much. Podcast <laughs> producer, Italian, welcome. Honorary Italian, which just means I'm from uh, New Jersey. Bienvenuto. Yeah, bienvenuto. Bien, bien, bellissimo. Bienvenuto. <laughs> bienvenuto. Yeah, it's, it's bellissimo. We love bellissimo. you. Bellissimo. We love you so much. Uh, Maranad. Buenos noches. Buenos noches. I don't know if that's correct. Uh, I think that might be Spanish, but we're all <laughs> love languages here. Anyway, Gavin. Buena nota. We're not just popular <laughs> in Italy. We do have American I'm calls. Just trying okay? to get our Italian listeners to call us. <laughs> Guys, it's free. You can text us too. If, if you know a Luca, please have them call. A if Luca. you know a John Luca, starts with a G. I was going to say, I did edit with an NPR editor who was based in Spain. So that's obviously not Italy, but it's close, close enough within our region. (laughs) Anyway, let's get to these real American calls. Okay. (laughs) Let's talk to some Americans. We're going to get two calls in here. We're doing a dubby dip. Okay. A classic American double dip. Yes. This is the ranch. You can only get this in America. Extra ranch. First call. Ranch Buffalo sauce. First call. We just got this right before we started recording. Incredible. It is, it is, it is hot off the press. Heartbreaking, breaking news. Oh, Are God. you ready, Gavin? I think so. Here we go. Hey, Gavin and AT. Baby's mama coming at you from the sick bed. COVID has not disappeared. That gummit. So I am on first day out from school. Tested positive on Saturday. It was it was hilarious how fast that test turned positive. Um, baby's daddy's been taking care of all the babies and taking care of me. Hopefully, I'll be back in the classroom later this week. Hopefully without sharing this with anybody. Um, I hope all is well well with y'all. Mayan's episode was hilarious and awesome. But I think I prefer Gavin still. I hope all is going well with the the pregnancy. Please, please keep us posted. 
And uh, take care, y'all. Stay safe. Baby's mama, no. So she sad. Got COVID. I think she just wanted a break. She's like, I just, I, please give me some time off from the kids and the schools. I hear you. Get some rest, baby's mama. Baby's Thank daddy's you. got it. Thank baby's you for daddy. the kind words. I, I'm just glad I know when when you get COVID real bad and you do see that test just flip immediately, 10 seconds mm-hmm. in, positive. You know. <clears throat> you know. I'm glad baby's daddy's there. I'm glad that you used what energy reserves you had to to get you gotta give okay all the to tests the that pod. I have now they have you have to have them linked to the Bluetooth app and it takes what? all fifteen minutes yeah the ones that I got from the post office that came in the mail there's an app and it has to you have to keep your phone out open to the app for all fifteen minutes I'm like you guys what? already know the result it's just stupid it's like how much we don't need to go high tech for a COVID test here folks I have to send uh, them pictures of uh, <laughs> me My with feet? no shirt on. <laughs> And also, I, like, I like the old school test where you can save the positive ones, so then you can just send them to your friends and be like, yeah, I'm sorry, can't go out. Can't I got the go. positive yeah, one. Sorry. Yeah, that's the one good thing about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, that, no, that's not true. Nor, nor, not nor, true. nor. Thank you there, baby's mama. Anyway, baby's mama, thank you so much. Uh, Gavin, are you ready for number two? Uh, Another voice uh, that we cherish so much on yes, this I've podcast. Yes, I've dipped my celery in the ranch, and now I'm going to oh, dip it in the blue cheese, because I did not know that was I ranch. I want double <laughs> white sauces, okay? <laughs> that's what we're here for. Anyway, here it is. Crunch. Gavin, A.T., This is your friend Meg, and I am calling you on this lovely Saturday morning from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You know, I intended to make this call while I was up in icy, frozen, frigid Iowa with Gavin recently. I thought that would be fun, a little campaign trail update, and then time got away from me, and I was like, oh, well, that was a good idea. But then I came home to South Carolina And all of a sudden, here I am in Myrtle Beach on the campaign trail, covering one of our candidates stumping here in this state instead of being in New Hampshire right now where Gavin has been most recently. So I just wanted to say hello to let you both know I'm thinking of you. I was ecstatic to spend some trail time with Gavin as we were up there in Iowa, just driving all the miles, fending off all the snow and really just kind of surviving and hopefully thriving. I know that things are incredibly busy. They will continue to be so. And I just want to send you both some love because no matter what's happening in these crazy days as we're traversing and writing and podcasting and filming and doing stand-ups and missing flights and dealing with flight delays, My love for you both is eternal, and I'm thankful for you and for all of the listeners out there who keep all of us sane, really, with their support while we are in the trenches and bringing everyone the campaign trail news. So I'll see you both soon. Much love to you, and I'm off to enjoy this day in Dirty Myrtle. See ya. Oh, a voice of an angel, Meg Canard. Certified angel. I mean, just I, friend of the pod doesn't do her justice. Gnarl. Gnarl. No, she, um, I hate that I wasn't there for her. She was covering Ron DeSantis when Ron DeSantis was still in the race. That's how old this call is, That, that just feels like a lifetime ago. Sure was, at this point. yeah. Very sad that you didn't have Meg up there with you. Uh, it was tragic. It was yes. hard not to have Meg. We also got a little disjointed in Iowa. We didn't have as much drive time together, which was tragic. Awful. 
Did she um, have what kind of car did she have? She had a GMC. I already um, don't like it. SUV. I already don't like it. It's not a Volvo. I don't like it. It wasn't a Volvo. I yeah. like a Nordic car. So when I was in when I was in New Hampshire, I had that uh, Ford Explorer, huge car, roomy car. I would have got it if I had a larger family. Yes, the or, third row it was for like the family. Driving like Uber XL, but uh, the the Volvo S60 was mm. a simple delight. <laughs> I want anyone who works for Volvo, like please. Give me a car, and I will talk about it I on just, every podcast. I just like that uh, you were in a frozen tundra. With the Volvo. So you needed a car from people who live in a frozen tundra, right? Correct. Like, the sun goes the down, and it doesn't there was come actually, out. I actually talked to a Swedish photographer, and I was like, mm. oh, I'm driving a Volvo. He's like, I like you even more now. I'm like, <laughs> that was the extent of our conversation. I was like, see, you just got to... Make the, make the best of it. But Meg was talking about doing all the media hits. Busy, she busy. Has, she has been working and working and working. Yeah, work it, girl. Uh, hey. And, you know, we're getting all these requests from, like, the different cable news networks and such to do hits and such like that. And C-SPAN has reached out to me again. I did Washington Journal last Sunday. I love spending my Brag. Sunday mornings Brag. in Washington Journal. Yeah. Uh, but they reached out again. And because that was supposed to be five minutes turned into 15 minutes. You know, I can talk until the cows come home. Now they're like, hey, we're going to do a podcast. We have a, po- we have a segment on podcast. Generic on podcast. And I'm like, yes. cool. And it's 45 minutes long on I, Saturday morning. You're trying to say this as like it's a bad thing. And I get to take calls. I am so jealous. I, I, I'm I, thinking yeah. about calling. I, <laughs> I'm thinking about calling. I am thinking about I was, calling. I kept thinking, finally, finally, I get to talk about it without AT being there because when you talk, you know, we give our speeches and I like we fight cut, each other. Yeah, I love key. to cut Gavin off. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't help myself. And I'm stuck there smiling and nodding and be yeah. like, mm-hmm. So actually, you know what you could do? You could watch it and you can text me things I need to keep saying if I haven't said it yet. <laughs> I'm just going to call in. You could produce from afar. Yeah. We'll call in, be like, say some wild stuff and then go, anyway, is a hot dog a sandwich? What do you think? You know? <laughs> That's really what I want to call. First time, long time. Uh, I'm going re- to reject the question. I reject the premise. I'm, I'm not. not I'm not. That. I'm not. I know who this is. I, yeah, Hang I, up I, on him. I, Hang up on him. I, <laughs> I kind of thought, I'm like, should I tell people that I'm going to be taking calls? Whatever. Yes, please call I'm not in. telling you Frank what time man. it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Around the 10 o'clock hour. But I, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm very Every jealous. Every four years we're doing that stuff. So I, yeah. I want to hear people from across the country yell at C-SPAN people and just watch them take it. You know, like I'm very interested. I'm going to work on my resting Gavin face yes. where I'm like, mm. yes, uh-huh. you know, that's, I'm not, the, that's why there's Botox in this. Face, I'm not baby. betraying any feeling, uh, yeah. but I'm maintaining composure. But uh, this is just part of the greater lead uniform universe as we've yes. been expanding. Uh, well, that, I hope this I, is where we're announcing that lead. We're we're spooky. we're buying C-SPAN. <laughs> Lead, not SCETV. So yeah. we've been saving up. Yeah, I know it's created by the cable companies. We, we got it. We're, I, I've it, seen them in action. I'm deal. like, I want that. People love this. <laughs> so it's gonna be good to um to to tout the lead, get some new listeners. You know, especially our listeners in Italy. Yes, uh, Italia. That's <laughs> Italia. what they say there. You know, I've been to Italy a couple of times. Good for you, so Brad. Good it. for yeah. you. Good Bologna. For you. That's what they um, like for you. Bologna. Bologna. Pronounce uh, Bologna. Bologna. <laughs> they say Bologna there. But anyway, Gavin, I do think the cows are coming home. <laughs> uh, what, so bro? you've ta- you've spoken too much. <laughs> oh, actually, Gavin, hold on. What? No. No. Yep. Yep. They're right. They. We Fine. have to. We have to close the That's show. That's our other producer. Yeah. The <laughs> silent, mostly silent partner, just little chirps. Anyway, Gavin, <laughs> do the outro. 
Oh, thank you to Baby's Mama and our friend Meg Kennard. We love hearing from you guys. Please do us a solid like they did and give us a shout out at 803-563-7169. And you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or if you don't want to do either of those or all of those, you can also fill out our survey at southcountonpublicradio.org slash lead survey. Please. We're trying to get big in Italy. We need to know if you guys think that's a good idea if we just convert straight to Italian. You can always stay up to date with the latest news on SCTV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. And stay by Carolina de Suda. And just pause for a second. And then... Hey, hey, what? What is going on here? Yeah, we're not doing it yet. Is that we're, too soon? We're, we're running. Well, I always running. running. <laughs> we're running it. You that was good, sweetie. Perfect. That was good. Hey, <laughs> pass the lights next time. And then...